Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host, for Nick's Nerd. Hello and welcome to Nick's Nerd News. I'm your host, Nick, and we got, I'm not going to lie, we got we got a good one this week. And, and that's thanks in part to a very recent Nintendo Direct that I am going to spend a, a bit about of time talking about. Got some news in the TV world and also some changes coming uh, for the DCEU. Are they good? Are they bad? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. And uh, got some also some trailers. Some trailers came out as always. Let's get right to it. So, uh, we did have some game releases this week, and and mainly it was just Dead or Alive 6, which I am having a lot of fun with compared to the letdown, at least to me, that Soul Calibur 6 was. And Dead or Alive 6 has a more compelling story. It's not bogged down in cutscenes and other things that keep you out of the ring. So I'm I'm really enjoying it. The graphics are great as they've always been on the Dead or Alive series. It's it's been a solid solid um, graphical output, and it it does have a place in my heart that series mainly because the first game I got when I got my 360 was Dead or Alive 4. Weird, I know, but that was the first thing that I got. So it it's always been been up there that. I want to to play those, and it was unfortunate that I never got five. I, I I played it a bit, but I never really got to play five on the same level that I got four, and now hopefully, hopefully with six. So if I were to rate it right now, probably put it at around a, an eight out of ten. Um, not a whole lot of character customization, but I mean that Dead or Alive never really did. But the thing that is really weird is that it has a season pass that costs more than the game and it comes with like an outrageous amount of 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 outfits and and I, I don't know it's like it's not even worth it it's $93 pretty much like who 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 the fuck thought that was a, a good idea i i don't know but um dead or alive 6 is is fun and it's it's got an interesting story that just has these ridiculous like tropes that happen i i don't know who writes these things but they they put the characters in the, the most ridiculous situations. Then again, this is the same team that created the Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball series. So again, it, it it's it's odd, but it's fun. And it's 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 intuitive in a way that the uh, some other fighting games are not. And and that's what, what it's got going for it. So that that's where I would put it right now. Uh since it is March, welcome to March. Um some new PlayStation Plus and Games with Golds were announced. Um, if you didn't already know, uh, PlayStation Plus will, uh, after last month, will no longer give PS3 or PS Vita games. Um, so now it's only just PS4 games. Um, and this month, a uh, great collection actually is The Witness, a very awesome indie game. It's a, a walking sim, as they're called, a lot of puzzles. And Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare Remastered, which uh, originally came out with the Infinity Ward Call of Duty a couple of years ago, um, which was Infinite Warfare. 
So that that's awesome. Uh, get some more. Get that in the hands of, of more people. And then over on the games with gold side for Xbox, uh, Adventure Time: Pirates of the Enchiridion, I, I guess. Uh, Plants vs. Zombies: Garden Warfare Two. Those are the two Xbox One titles. And Metal Gear Rising: Revengeance, which is an Xbox 360 title, but is playable via backwards compatibility on your Xbox One. And Star Wars: Republic Commando. OG Xbox title, which is playable on your Xbox One. Uh, I'm really stoked for Republic Commando just because that game, I, I think I own like three different copies. I own a physical copy. I got a copy through Humble Bundle once that plays on Steam. And now I have um, now I have an Xbox version. Uh, looks Actually looks really good on, on Xbox. Um, that game always had like janky ass graphics. And, and don't get me wrong, they're still janky on Xbox, but it's not as... Uh, it's not as pixelated. It's it's a lot smoother than it was, and obviously the game plays very well, considering uh, we're what over ten years after the release. So it's it's going to run smooth smoothly now and not uh, not put the hardware through its paces. But uh, the great great collection. Hey, that there's been a lot of Star Wars games in the backwards com- in the not backwards compatibility. I mean, they've been added to backwards compatibility, but there's been a lot of Star Wars games. Uh, in the games with golds recently and and that's really awesome to see and and i will say this if if even if you don't play these games definitely at least add them to your library you don't have to download them to your console but add them to your library just in case you ever want to go back and play them because if you don't add them while they're free you'll end up having to buy them down the road so i this is what i do i i will essentially purchase the game I, there's no funds exchanged but it, it gets added to my library i don't download it but at least it's there in my cloud library if i ever want to do download it i can it's there and i can play it so so definitely definitely do that even if you're not going to play it right away just do it so you have it and then you don't lose it but en- enough on that topic there new uh new overwatch hero uh, was announced uh, his name is baptiste and uh, they didn't give a release date, but uh, looks like uh, he has the following abilities. A biotic launcher fires a three-round burst that rewards accuracy and recoil control with significant damage output. Al- alternate fire throws grenades that heal allies near the point of impact. Regenerative burst activates an intense surge that heals Baptiste and his allies over time. Immortality field. Baptiste can create an immortality field that prevents him and his allies from dying. Exo Boots, a passive ability that the Exo Boots allow Baptiste to jump over obstacles. And then Application Matrix, Baptiste's ultimate ability allows him to deploy an Amplification Matrix that doubles the damage and healing effects of friendly projects. Um, he's a... So, I guess he's more of a mix of of uh, a DPS and healer character. So if you're still playing Overwatch, you have a new hero to, uh, to main or at least try out you don't you don't have to main him but but that's always fun that uh, it's nice to see blizzard keep uh keep following and adding to to overwatch i mean that game's been out what almost three years now so good good on them good on them for for supporting it this long and props to people who still play it that's um that's really cool big news in the gaming tournament world evo has added Super Smash Brothers Ultimate and is dropping Melee. Melee's been there for years at this point. Cause what? Melee was on the What was Melee on? 
a anyway, just the fact that um, they're adding Super Smash Bros. Ultimate shows that that game is is doing very well. I know people love it. It's probably one of the better Smashes. I haven't. I've I've only seen it. I haven't actually gotten to play it. And I, I mean, Super Smash Brothers is, has always been an awesome series. And it's good to see that Evo supporting. Let me see, Super Smash Brothers. Okay, yeah, here we go. Melee has been in Evo for almost twenty years. It, it came out in two thousand one for GameCube. So it just goes to show you the power of Super Smash Bros. Um, and the fact that they they re-released GameCube controllers for the Switch for people to play it, um, play Ultimate with with the Switch, which is just um, un unreal, unreal. Uh, other big news is uh, Tetsuo Nomura, uh, the game director on Kingdom Hearts 3, did announce that Kingdom Hearts 3 will get DLC, surprise, surprise, both paid and free DLC. And uh, the free DLC is rumored to be like the, the extra hard mode. I think critical mode is what it's called. Uh, expected to re release later this year. And then he teased that there might be some story DLC in, in the form of paid DLC. And one of which would be the release of uh, some kind of story to ex ex uh, explain how um, Shion, Kion, I, what, one of the, the female characters that shows up in the, the end game that was part of the, um, not Kingdom Hearts 2, but like 358 Days birth by sleep those ones um she hung out with axel and roxas and uh, she just shows up out of nowhere in kingdom hearts 3 with with no explanation literal literally no explanation and he's like oh i guess we could explain that in dlc but uh no no clarification on if we would get worlds or other story content and more than likely not star wars or marvel content just due to stupid licensing and contracting that doesn't really make sense, but I get I get the Star Wars part just because the EA license and things like that. But the Marvel, the Marvel license, I guess when it comes to video game, isn't as clear cut and dry as it is with with movies and other properties. But yeah, DLC for Kingdom Hearts three, so so be on the lookout for that. And then uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which we pretty much only just know the name of, uh, we'll get a full reveal at Star Wars Celebration next month in Chicago. Uh, that's the Star Wars convention. More than likely, we'll probably get a a, a trailer for Episode Nine because they they tend to release it at Celebration, the full trailer at least. But uh, yeah, that will be revealed at Celebration. Uh, fun fact: one of the writers on that game actually wrote the story for Kotor Two. Um, at while well, when he was at sit up at at Obsidian, Jesus, and uh, he actually wrote Fallout New Vegas. If you didn't know, so. It's all uh, it's all interesting to see, but we'll know more in next month at Star Wars Celebration. And then the final bit of th uh, news I just want to talk about is uh, Bonnie Ross, the head of 343 Industries, uh, the, the Microsoft-owned studio that does all things Halo, recently sat down with Ryan McCaffrey at IGN to give kind of a one-on-one -on -one interview and had some fun tidbits in there, mostly talking about how uh, the Slipspace engine, the new engine for Halo, is is probably one of the the lar most largest investments they've ever made as a studio, and that it's uh, mainly was was to to build 
a new engine for Halo because the original engine is nearing 20, 20 years old. I mean, it's been in use since the first Halo. It's, uh, from my understanding, it's notoriously hard to work with. It's not uh, very friendly anymore, user-friendly. And um, no, that, that's good that they're doing that because they, they were supposed to do it for Halo 5 and didn't, but now we're getting it with Infinite. Um, some other fun tidbits were um, before 343 was created, they looked at other studios to make Halo 4, one of which was Gearbox, which could have changed gaming completely because we might not have gotten uh, Borderlands or Borderlands 2. And uh, they were also considering Halo 4 as an Xbox One launch title, despite the fact that it came out about a year before Xbox One came out. So they were looking at holding off. Would have been really interesting. Um, if you want to know more, I would definitely check out IGN Unfiltered on, on YouTube or on IGN or other podcast services. Uh, Ryan McCaffrey does it. It's really great. He sits down, long-form interviews with a lot of people in the games industry. And... Uh, Obviously, with, with a title like that, you can tell that uh, a bit of his, his work was inspiration for my work here. So definitely, it's it's good to give a shout-out to him because that's something that you don't get a lot of places. And uh, if you like to hear from different people around the industry, that that's a great place great place to hear it. Ryan's probably one of the greatest people in, in games media, and, and I look up to him a lot. So I would check that out if, if you have any interest in, in Bonnie Ross or... or Hell, just uh, like I said, other people in the gaming world. And of course, now let's talk about probably the biggest news of the week. And that was the announcement of Pokemon Sword and Shield. The first Pokemon mainline games that are coming to Switch. So while Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee did come out last year, they were more of a remake, more of a one-off, just a, a an experiment per se. Um, but... but this fall, we're getting a more traditional Pokemon experience, even more traditional than, than Sun and Moon were, and it's uh, Sword and Shield. Uh, they announced the new starters that uh, have spawned, you know, hundreds of memes by now. I, I even posted one uh, last week because it looks like Sword and Shield have a bit of a uh, base of a theme on, um, uh, it looks like England uh, a bit, and... Um, but no, the the new starters look cool. Um, I'm I, I'm leaning more on Grokey right now. He looks like a grass type monkey. Uh, there's a fire bunny, score bunny, and then Sobel, who's like this water lizard chameleon type. Uh, they look really interesting. No other new Pokemon were showed off just yet, but uh, I'm sure more will get announced in in the in the forthcoming months. Uh, this is expected to launch in the fall. Finally going to buy a Switch. I've been, this is the game I've been waiting for. Yeah, and people will be like, oh, what about Mar Super Mario Odyssey? What about Breath of Wild? Super Smash Brothers? You know, those are those are awesome games. I understand that. I just A, didn't have the time, and B, didn't have the money, and uh, this is going to be... main. I mean, I, I mainly buy Nintendo systems at this point for Pokemon, and... Yes, I will get Super Smash. Yes, I will get Breath of the Wild. Yes, I'll probably get Mario as well. But but Pokemon is my driving factor behind Switch purchases or between Nintendo purchases. I didn't get Sun and or I got Sun and Moon. I didn't get Ultra Sun and Moon. Um, I I didn't get Let's Go po Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee because it's not those weren't something that I was uh, keen on. Yes, I heard they're fun and great, but I don't like the the Go integration mainly because I haven't been able to utilize Go. I mean, I could have, but I didn't utilize Go as much as I could, 
And the other thing is I don't like how they changed up the mechanics. Like they got rid of like random encounters, which I know a lot of people don't like, but I think that's like the, the one of the fun things about Pokemon. And they changed up certain battle mechanics and things like this, but but I that that wasn't something that I wanted. And yes, it was cool that it was a remake of Yellow, but but this is the game these are the games I've been waiting for. I can't wait to see what they show off more. I hope I hope they continue the trend of the like region variants like they did in Sun and Moon where we got the Alolan variants. You could totally do some some uh, I, the new region is called Galar. Uh, you could do some regional variants mainly because they are again this is an island. Um and while the other games tended to be mainland places where you probably couldn't get a whole lot of variation on on Pokemon types and while you could have had that though, obviously with with um, X and Y because that was based on France, um, I got it with Alola because it was more Hawaiian based and removed from the rest of the normal Pokemon world. I mean, look at the Orange Islands in uh, the old anime. There was a lot of variation there because they were different. But I think they could greatly benefit from doing regional variants on on not every Pokemon, but some. Um, with them being different and evolving differently on on Galar, granted it's probably not going to happen. There's a rumor about armor evolution, where you can get more, uh, where the Pokemon could evolve with more armor type, which is something more akin to Digimon, and I'm I'm kind of shocked that they would kind of do that. But I'm I'm very excited. The gameplay they showed off looks great. I think the Switch will help uh, beef up what Pokemon is, is has been becoming, and it looks like it's so. The graphics in Let's Go Eevee and Let's Go Pikachu, while they did build off of um, like what Sun and Moon and Ultra Sun and Moon and, and X and Y did and things like that, I this looks more of a leap forward from those than Let's Go did. And this is, again, this is the type of game I've been waiting for. I've been waiting for a Pokemon game to play on the big screen that was more open, which this tent looks to be in, in some of the leaks on Reddit seem to, to point in that direction. But I've been waiting for a Pokemon game to play on the big screen with a controller and that wasn't limited by the limitations, limited by the limitations, you know, of, of a handheld system in the traditional sense. Because the DS, yes, was 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 a bit powerful. The Game Boy is obviously not, but but the Switch, while a portable and handheld console, is almost almost to the level of a modern-day console. It's more powerful than a Wii and a Wii U. While it's not as powerful as a PS4 or Xbox One, it is in a nice sweet spot that, that that's taking Pokemon to the next level. And like I said, I've always wanted, and I, I should just keep pressuring Nintendo, let's get a giant open-world RPG Pokemon game that you get to go through every region and like put it on every system. Hell, Nintendo and Microsoft seem to be having a real good relationship lately. Throw it on Xbox. That shit would sell an outrageous amount of copies. And uh, who knows? But Sword and Shield coming this fall. Uh, definitely check out the trailer. I'll post some more um, some more memes, obviously. But uh, can't wait. Cannot fucking wait. I'm finally going to get my Switch. And this is the game I've been waiting for for it. So... But hey, that's it for video games. Let's move on to let's move on to some TV news, shall we? So remember when we were talking a couple weeks ago about the Alien 
uh, getting a series like the Alien, the Alien series, movie series, you know, the uh, in space no one can hear you scream, um, and talked about how TV shows might be happening. Well, uh, it's partially true. Uh, we got a new series actually launched on IGN. It's now streaming. Uh, it's an Alien Isolation di digital series. It's based off the game, and uh, they utilize cutscenes from the game and new footage to to build a story about around Amanda Ripley, uh, the daughter of Ellen Ripley. Um, so yeah, go go check that out now on IGN if if you guys are interested. If you never got to, a chance to play the game, you you can get more backstory there. And um, yeah, that's uh, that's a thing that that happened. No surprise really though. I guess it did turn out to be true. Um, no surprise here, but Brooklyn Nine 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 got a renewal at NBC. That's that's really great that this show gets to live on because it's hilarious. Uh, Star Trek Discovery got renewed for a season three. I think I'll finally get around to watching that once the Picard show comes out, because then I'll pay for CBS All Access. Really don't have time to just pay for all these damn streaming services. Uh, Disney Plus is going to be getting a uh, Disney villains type uh, based show. Um, that's still in the early stages. That'll be interesting how they work that out. Uh, maybe they'll they'll tie it in like a you remember that show House of Mouse that was on uh, Disney for a while and always had villains and different stars and uh, that was really cool to see the villains interacting with each other and um, that was uh, that was fun. Uh, speaking of Disney Plus though, uh, the Mandalorian has finished principal photography. So I expect either the first episode to be screened at Celebration or a trailer or something. Guaranteed more info is going to come at, at, at Celebration because that's just the place it's it, it, for it, essentially. Um, and building off that, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, is more than likely to end with Season 7. And that's for good. And they were interviewing um, Clark Gregg. Uh, who plays Coulson. Uh, obviously that he's getting a lot of media press right now because he's in um, Captain Marvel playing Coulson. Um, but pretty much figured that the, this f most recent renewal where they got season seven, which is currently filming, uh, six will be air in the summer, um, thinks that it will be uh, be done for good. And, and personally, I, I think that's a good thing because I think this show has overstayed its welcome, especially now with season six with them bringing in a different Coulson because the real Coulson is dead. Uh, spoiler alert, a year later. Um, so I, I don't know. Don't know about that. Um, let's switch gears over to the Arrowverse. Um, looks like another Constantine show is coming. This time uh, we'll probably be on the CW. Um, Matt Smith or whoever plays Constantine, I can't think of his name, Um will be cast as uh, they're working it around him. So that's, uh, I'm, I'm happy they're doing that because he's a great Constantine, uh, really fits the comic vibes. He's got a great comedic timing. He's been really good on Legends this this uh, this year. Can't wait for that to be back, by the way. But it uh, looks like they're developing a new show around him, which isn't, isn't, uh, Matt Ryan, sorry. I don't know why, I don't know why I thought that was wrong. Um, no shit, he was Edward Kenway in Black Flag. That's badass. Um, but yeah, so that's, um, that's a thing that's happening. And then, uh, there, there were some pictures that, that got released 
um, from The Flash, and it looks like Godspeed, uh, who's a speedster villain, yes, I know, everyone's over a speedster villain, um, was a, a speedster villain inter, uh, introduced in the New 52. Um, looks like Godspeed may be coming to The Flash in the near future. And um, that'll be interesting to see, because it'll just be a one-off at least, and hopefully not an overarching villain, because um, they've kind of dropped the ball with Cicada this year. Um, oh, actually, you know what? I forgot to mention, uh, going back real quick, Disney Plus. Uh, rumors right now that a third Star Wars show is in development at, at Disney Plus. So on top of the Mandalorian and the Cassian Andor show, maybe this is that Obi-Wan show that was floating around a couple weeks back. But obviously that wouldn't start filming until after Birds of Prey is done because Ewan McGregor is playing Roman Sionis in that movie. And I don't think an Obi-Wan show would work without him. Unless they went, like, back in time. Then they'd have to get Liam Neeson to play Qui-Gon. I don't know if, if that's true, though. If, if that ends up being being the case. Um, more news out of CBS All Access. Seth Rogen will star in an episode of The Twilight Zone. That's probably going to be a, an amazing episode. And then uh, 90210 is getting a... A small revival on Fox. I think they said eight episodes. Unfortunately, it will be without Luke Perry, um, who sadly suffered a major stroke the day after the announcement, and then um, unfortunately passed away this this past week. And it's uh, the world lost a great person. I've been seeing online stories from other celebrities about just how kind and, and good natured he was. Um, uh, the cast of Riverdale poured out their condolences because he did play um, Fred Andrews, the father of Archie. And uh, no, it's just a, a, a sad day. The, the world lost a, a really good actor who I don't think became a joke like some of the other car- cast members from 90210. But uh, hopefully they pay awesome tribute to him in, in that uh, revival if it still happens. And the last thing I want to talk about for TV... Uh, pertains to a Netflix show. It's called The OA. And uh, a new trailer was released for the second season. And all I have to say is, I have never wanted to get my time back more than I did after watching The OA. That show had to be like the biggest waste of time I've ever experienced in my life. And I don't say that often. And it's about this woman who was kidnapped and had science experiments performed on her and apparently she's an original angel that's what OA stands for and they unlock their powers through interpretive dance and and she recruits other people in, into this weird scheme and escapes into this alternate dimension and I, I just I, I don't know why I kept watching maybe because I was hoping something there'd be a better payoff but no and and I, I just, I don't know why Netflix is bringing it back. It's been like two or three years now. But it, it was just like, I've never been more disappointed and, and wanted like my time back more than I did after finishing this show. And, and I just wanted to rant about it. But don't, don't watch it. Don't let Netflix think that people care about it. Because it, it just, it does not deserve your time. It does not deserve your attention. You could you you could waste your time in in a better way and get and feel more fulfilled than watching the OA 
or the upcoming season too. But that's my rant. And on to the to the big screen. First bit of news, of course, is uh, got some new trailers this week. Um, always dropping trailers are always dropping. Uh, first of which was a new Detective Pikachu trailer. Obviously, you saw some of those memes uh, that I posted last week. Um, we finally got our first look at Mewtwo in it as well. And, of course, um, Ludicolo is, is taking the internet by storm right now because of how freakish he looks in this ridiculous way he says his name. Um, this movie is getting more hype, and I, I can't wait to see it. I uh, got a new Red Band trailer for Hellboy. Uh, got our introduction to the Red Queen... Or the Blood Queen, excuse me. And uh, some other interesting looks at the different characters, like the character that Daniel Day Kim is playing, who's a, a were-jaguar, looks like. Um, got a good vibe coming off this movie. I'm, I'm excited. And it looks like it's 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 going to be fun and serious at the same time, and, and that's exciting. Uh, we also got a trailer. This is First off, this is not an international... This is an international trailer. It has not officially come to the U.S. yet. I mean, when I say officially, I mean they haven't done a dub yet. But we got a first trailer for the CGI remake of Pokemon the First Movie. And the CGI doesn't look great. But it's awesome that they're revisiting a a, a classic, a modern classic, if you will. And uh, bringing it back to the forefront for some more modern audiences to see. And it, it's kind of bucking back against, like, you know, Pokemon I Choose You and... Um, whatever the most recent Pokemon movie was that kind of seemed to be resetting the, the timeline. I'm, I'm happy that they're going back and, and recognizing the original timeline as well. Um, so you can check that out, out, out online. And then the, the fourth trailer that came out this week, which did the opposite of what it's supposed to do, was the Dark Phoenix trailer. And it pretty much hints that Mystique dies in this, um, gets killed by the Phoenix Force occupying Jean Grey, but I I just, more, as time goes on, more and more, this movie seems less and less and less interesting, and these trailers are supposed to hype you up, they're supposed to get you to want to see the movie, and they're doing the complete opposite. I I just, I think it's, it. I would never be one to say this, but I think it's finally time for the X-Men to just be killed off and allow... Uh, Marvel and the MCU to reintroduce them and give them a great, great, uh, a great redo. And uh, and don't get me wrong, Patrick Stewart and James McAvoy have been perfect as as Charles Xavier. Michael Fassbender and and Ian McKellen have been perfect as Magneto. And let's not forget the the greatness of Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. But I I just think it's time to to let Marvel just take over because Dark Phoenix looks just like a, a fucking clusterfuck, a, 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 a dumpster fire, and that is not good. Not good at all. Not good at all. Um, we got some more news, uh, more rumors, per se, uh, around Ghostbusters 3. Uh, it looks like Finn Wolfhard of It and Stranger Things fame is being eyed as the, one of the stars of... Of the new Ghostbusters film, along with Carrie Coon playing his mother. Uh, Carrie Coon was the star of The Leftovers, a very underrated show on HBO, and was in Fargo and some other things. Um, but if if those names are attached to Ghostbusters three, we're 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 in good hands. 
We are in good hands, people. Uh, Kingsman, the Kingsman prequel has moved its release date to Valentine's Day 2020. Um, along with that, we also got news that Remy Malik is in final negotiations to play a, the, the, the next Bond villain. So from Freddie Mercury to harassing James Bond, that's a, that's a big jump. Especially for an Oscar winner now, huh? Huh? Um, Yahya Abdul-Mateen has been cast as the new Candyman for um, Jordan Peele. Uh, he was also Black Manta in the Aquaman. And then he was also really played a really great part in the, the Get Down show on Netflix. So that was, uh, that was fun. I'm, I'm excited to see how he, how he does as Candyman. And then it uh, looks like we are going to be getting that Edge of Tomorrow sequel that's been rumored for quite a while now. But yeah, um, Tom Cruise and the uh, uh, Emily Blunt and the director are all expected to return. No release date, though. But we've been hearing that news for quite a while. Who knows? Uh, some news out of Paramount. Hotel Transylvania 4 is expected to release in December 21. I wonder if Adam Sandler will be back for that. And then, this is really strange, but the Are You Afraid of the Dark movie has been completely pulled from their schedule. But on top of that, also, we got news that the Rugrats movie was moved to 2021. But it's really odd that they pulled the Afraid of the Dark, Are You Afraid of the Dark movie right after they announced that it was going to be getting a tie-in series on Nickelodeon again in the fall. So, strange things are afoot at Paramount. And, um, there was news that a new theatrical mo Scooby-Doo movie is coming, but with a weird voice cast. So, they announced that Will Forte and Tracy Morgan would be involved, which, as long as Tracy Morgan's in it, you're in good hands. But, here's what threw me off. Will Forte is being cast as Shaggy, and... I, I don't understand why they're not using Matthew Lillard. Uh, Matthew Lillard has pretty much been the de facto Shaggy since the live-action movie, and he, he even took over the voice roles from Casey Kasem after he retired. So why why replace him, especially after all those Shaggy memes, why replace him with Will Forte, who, honestly, I don't know if he has the right voice to play Shaggy, because he, he's great as other characters, don't get me wrong. Will Forte has some, some comedic range. But to replace Matthew Lillard as Shaggy is is a is a stretch for me, and I, I think that's the wrong move. They also s didn't say, oh, and um, they're recasting Velma as well, which you know some of these people have been voicing the characters for over a decade at this point. They didn't say who's playing Fred, and it should be Frank Welker, who is one of the original is the only original cast member on Scooby Doo from the beginning, so. I, I don't know why I don't know why you're gonna release a movie for Scooby Doo and not use the people that have been doing the voices for a long time. Especially Matthew Lillard, who the fans love and actually like as Shaggy and was a, a perfect replacement for Casey Kasem. So uh I, I think this is a misstep on Warner Brothers part. I think that's a misstep. Um before I get into some DCU stuff, um DCEU I should say, um Recently, there was a roundtable hosted with uh, the cast of a new Netflix movie that include Ben Affleck and Oscar Isaac and Charlie Hunnam and all these people, uh, which, um, what's that movie called? Triple Frontier, that's what it's called. Anyway, Oscar Isaac was there and he was asked some questions 
um, about they 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 asked him all like what video game character would you want to play, and Oscar Isaac just automatically came out with wants to play Solid Snake in the Metal Gear Solid movie, and uh, I guess him and Jordan Vote Roberts had some some back and forth online, um, and someone had actually posted like concept art last year of, of Oscar Isaac as Solid Snake, and I think that would actually work. I think that would be really cool. We'll see if uh, we'll see if anything happens, and uh, we'll actually circle back to that round table in just a second. But here comes some DCEU news. So for the DCEU, Aquaman 2 is confirmed for a 22 release. Uh, so 2022. And uh, so they recently were asking the head of Warner Brothers about the future of the DCEU. And, and you know, he, he said things are back on track, I guess. And obviously Aquaman making a billion dollars helped that but uh kevin sujihara chairman and chief executive um said uh, this is with the la times the upcoming slate with shazam joker wonder woman 1984 and birds of prey feels like we're on the right track we have the right people and the right jobs working on it the universe isn't as connected as we thought it was going to be five years ago you're seeing much more focus on individual experiences around individual characters. That's not to say we won't at some point come back to that notion of a more connected universe, but it feels like that's the right strategy for us right now. And I, I just feel like, while I'm happy with this in, in, a, in a sense, it, it's unfortunate that we're kind of just pushing back this interconnected world that we had and Obviously, we got characters out of there that everyone liked because Wonder Woman's getting a sequel, Aquaman's getting a sequel. More than likely, Henry Cavill is still Superman. The Shazam movie takes place in that universe. Um, I know Joker doesn't, but that's fine. Birds of Prey takes place in that universe. But uh, they also asked him what finally clicked, I guess. And he said, What Patty Jenkins did on Wonder Woman illustrated to us what you could do with these characters who are not Batman and Superman. Obviously, we want to get those two in the right place, and we want strong movies around Batman and Superman, but Aquaman is a perfect example of what we can do. They're each unique, and the tone's different in each movie. And what this says to me is that Warner Brothers doesn't know what the fuck they're doing, because they, they care, they're ruled way too much by the suits, in a way that, while Disney is controlled by the suits, they still let Kevin Feige and Marvel do their own thing for the most part. Whereas DC is kind of hampered by Warner Brothers and now AT&T. And like even even um, Jeff Johns, like they put him in charge of like a DC Studios type thing and then they removed him. They, they need to let DC operate on its own and not be so beholden to the, the people at the top because too much meddling is how we got Batman vs. Superman, Justice League, and Suicide Squad. There was too much meddling going on. There was too much of distrust in Snyder. They should have let him just do it. And and for better or for worse, I think we might have been better off. Same with David Ayer and, and Suicide Squad. But there's, there's, there's too many hands in the cookie jars, what's going on with the DC Extended Universe. And... It looks like maybe they finally realized, hey, maybe if we don't fucking meddle, we can make a billion dollars. Which they almost did with Wonder Woman, and they did for sure with, with Aquaman. So hopefully the ship is righted. Maybe moving forward they'll maybe decide that 
they don't need Batman and Superman to headline everything because that that was the other problem is DC just focused on their top two characters and just kind of let everything go to the wayside before. Um, the other thing is they they have all these weird rules about who can get referenced and who can't be on certain TV shows and how they play around and they they have this weird backwards way of thinking um, because you know it it took forever before Batman could be mentioned on on Arrow but then Superman was allowed to be on on Supergirl at the same time he existed in the DCE it, it just all it's all a bunch of bullshit and. Like I said, there's too many hands in the cookie jar. There's too many weird, stupid rules that go on, and and you got the wrong people running things. And and hopefully, hopefully things will be on the right track. But I, I I mean, what he's saying is is comforting, and what he's saying is like, well, shit, you know. Hopefully, hopefully, what happens with with Birds of Prey, and then the Flash movie, and and the 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 new Suicide Squad movie under James Gunn just becomes a way to, to like, I don't want to say reboot, but kind of bring it to a new um, era without damaging what's already been done and, and things like that. So I, I, again, I I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, But again, it's, it's only time will tell. But the final bit of news out of that is uh, going back to that roundtable with Oscar Isaac, Ben Affleck, and all them um, for that movie, uh, that Netflix movie, um, uh, uh, the Triple Frontier. I don't know why I keep forgetting. Um, but they they kind of asked Affleck about Batman and why he left, and this was on IGN, I guess. Um, and and he admitted, um, you know, that was part of the problem. We worked on the script. I was trying to figure out how to crack it, and I was never happy enough with it where I thought it was worth going out and making it because I just didn't want to do a version that I wasn't really excited by. So I still don't know. I don't have a, uh, and this goes back, I guess he said in 2016, I don't have a script that's ready yet. My timetable is I'm not going to make a movie until there's a script that I think is good because I've been on the end of things when you make movies, when you have a script that's not good yet and it doesn't pan out. Um, and and I, I like that he's being candid and he's, just honest about it. And he's like, I didn't want to make a shitty movie is essentially what he's saying. And because he knows that that would piss the fans off. It would not make Mar or DC happy. It wouldn't make Warner brothers happy. He would taint his image. He would taint Batman. And you know, you didn't, you don't want to have another Joel Schumacher, um, situation. And, and honestly, I'm, I'm happy that He's being open about it and being so forward. And, and I don't want a shitty Batman either, okay? And if Ben Affleck's not going to do it because he doesn't want to be a shitty Batman and make a shitty movie, more power to him because we don't need we don't need to go down that road again. And we don't need to have a divisive divisive movie like Batman vs. Superman. I personally like the film, but that's here, neither here nor there. But it, it's, it's, it's good to hear something forthcoming. I hope Matt Reeves' Batman does the character justice. I'm, I'm happy he's doing a more noir detective story. I hope it's part of the DCEU. Ultimately, we won't know until it comes out or they start filming. But that that's, that's all the news for today, folks. Again, I'm your host, Nick. Check out nicksnerdnews.com. Uh, you can follow me there for all my social medias. So Nick's Nerd News. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, links to the Spotify page, the Google Play page, and the iTunes page 
or you can listen right there in your browser on the website. And uh, thanks for listening. I'll catch you guys on the flip side.